are listening to a podcast from C3 Church Wallandilly. For more episodes and information, please visit our website at c3wc.com forward slash Wallandilly or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash C3 Wallandilly. During COVID, you have led this location so well. And like you said, people are joining. Our reach is expanding. And so we love and appreciate you both. And uh, it's just an honor to work with you both. So keep encouraging and praying for your location, pastors. You're blessed with an amazing couple here, an incredibly faithful couple. We love you guys. And so I just wanted to shout out to you. Jill will be with us. We'll be with you here next Sunday morning. She's preaching at The Rule this morning. So the uh, rotation of the lead pastors now begins. And so uh, you'll see some of us some weeks, and sometimes we'll both be here, and sometimes these guys will be without us or without us. But it's going to be amazing. You don't need us anyway. You've got these these incredible couple. But I have the privilege of sharing this morning uh, just a, a simple devotional word. So what we're going to do in the next few minutes is we're going to share a word, we're going to watch a video, and then we're going to sing a song and close in praying for some people. But before we do, as well as uh, shouting out to this couple, I just want to honour every person that has made today happen. There's been a lot of talk about honouring those that have worked behind the scenes and we talk about our technical department that have worked tirelessly to run church online for the last however many months it is, eight, nine months or something. And here we are back in the building today. And uh, I was watching Louise running around cleaning and disinfecting. She was actually baptising the building in, in sanitizer, I think. So, and, uh, you know, we have hosts and hosts that are helping you find seats that are adequately socially distanced. And so thank you to everyone who is playing a part in that. I can't believe Deborah's going to run around and serve everybody a coffee. That is, uh, that's incredible. So this is, this is the body of Christ working together to fulfill its purpose. For us to serve one another and to serve our community is what we are here for. We are here as followers of Jesus to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth, to help others see what the kingdom of heaven is like. And so thank you to every person. And make sure you spread that thanks and, and uh, you know, honor those. That's a stool for Steve, because if Steve looks like he might snooze there, he, he looks like he might head off to sleep. It looks like it could be, a, if we moved all the tech equipment around, it could be a really good artistic photo. Doesn't it look like one of those really really great Instagram shots, that one there. So, thank you. I'm glad that Linda has a seat. That's great. Now, you don't have to keep sync playing if you don't want to, Linda, but you're welcome to if you want to, just for a moment. That, that's fine. I appreciate it when you do. So, uh, it is, it's quite surreal. I just want to stand here and enjoy the moment, actually. <laughs> it's, it's so good to be back with you all. And uh, so, what we're going to do is we're going to watch a video in a minute. And, and I've been praying and, uh, and thinking about what is God saying to us in this season and, and looking at uh, you know, this crazy time that 2020 has been. No one knew that 2020 was going to be like this. There was no such thing as 2020 vision. None of us saw what it was going to be like. And been reflecting on that and saying, what, what is God saying to us as a church? What is God saying to us as individuals? And so I wanted to share some thoughts around that. So the message this morning is titled, What Are You Expecting? What are you expecting? You're going to see why, because I think there's a sense in which as we uh, return and recommence Sunday services, we need to be mindful of what we're expecting in life. Because if 2020 has shown us anything, it's that we can, it's good to make plans, the proverb says, but the Lord is the one who brings them to pass. It's good to make plans, but sometimes plans just get completely uprooted, yeah? 
And so it's good to question ourselves and go, what are we expecting? And what I've been doing is I've been studying uh, some of the Old Testament stories about the people of Israel and when they returned to their promised land after 70 years in exile. And they had all these expectations about what it would be like when they returned. That when they got back to the promised land, that suddenly everything would be perfect, that their entire life would be in order, that the kingdom of God would be restored, that everything would be perfect. Do you know what happened when they got back? It wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. Because their expectations were in the wrong thing. And so my challenge to us this morning as we return and recommence Sunday services is to think about what are we expecting and to make sure that we are expecting the right things and we don't get bent out of shape if some of the things that, don't, that we'd like to happen don't happen because we were expecting the wrong thing in the first place. It's strange to be in church and not be able to sing. It's been interesting to watch. We, this, this week is week seven of our services at our new location, C3 Thoreau, and it's been amazing. The first couple, I'll let you in on a little secret. No one from Thoreau, well, actually, if you're watching this, you, you get me telling you off. That's okay, I'm telling you off. And I'm doing it so that I don't have to tell you guys off in three or four weeks' time. The first two weeks, you couldn't move. Everyone was expectant and energetic and excited. We got to last week, which was week six, and the live stream was ready to start at two minutes past 10, and there's a queue of people lining up out the door waiting to get in at two minutes past 10. The week before, like three or four weeks before that, people were there and energetic and at 9.30 and going, when can we start church? And I thought, isn't that human nature? Because we're expecting the wrong thing. We're expecting that when we get back, it'll just be amazing, everything will be perfect. That's just not the way the world works. Because we, it's great to be back, but we're expecting in a person that wherever we meet, whenever we meet, we will encounter a person. His name is Jesus. Let's relocate our expectation around Jesus and not just around a church service. Not just around, oh, it's great that now we're here together. And there are some wonderful things about that. But we don't know. I mean, we're in Australia. We're in one of the few countries in the world that has basically killed this virus. We don't know. We've got no guarantees about what 2021. Everyone's saying, I'll be glad to see the back of 2020. And part of me is going, I've got no idea what 2021 will bring. I saw a meme yesterday of someone showing a giant shark, model of a shark, smashed into a roof of a house. Just this huge 20-foot shark must have fallen off a sign into the roof of a house. And someone, the photo, the, the banner at the bottom said, if it, was 2020, if it wasn't 2020, I would stop and think, what's this all about? But it's 2020, I'll just keep on walking because, you know, you just don't, you know, just the strangest things happen. As I was talking to Steve before the service, and he said, we were talking about whether to do elbow punches or hugs, and he said, well, that's so two weeks ago, elbow punching. People are hugging now. It's like you can't keep up with the changes and the pace of change. So what are we expecting? Let's be expectant in a person that he will meet us today and that our lives will be transformed. And even if the circumstances of 2020 and 2021 don't change, or even if the circumstances continue to get worse, we are returning from exile, not to circumstances. We are returning into a relationship with a person. And his name is Jesus. So we're going to watch this video, and then we're going to share a few thoughts around it. Thanks, guys. There's something about being home, where everything's just right. We're surrounded by people we love and trust. There's a feeling of stability and safety. And while some people get to experience this kind of home, many do not. 
Others might even be forced to leave their home and go live in a foreign land. We call this going into exile. Yeah, in exile, everything is disoriented. You're in the unknown. And in the story of the Bible, this is where the ancient Israelites found themselves, conquered by Babylon, living in exile far from their homeland. And so they had to ask themselves, how did we end up here? And is there any hope of going home? And the whole story of the Bible is designed to address those very questions. The whole story? Really? Yeah, go back to the first pages of the Bible. Where does humanity live? Okay, they live in this really sweet garden, their home. And they're there on one condition, that they trust and follow God's one command, and they don't. And so the consequence is banishment from the garden. Ah, they're sent into exile. Exactly. And so this story has been designed to set you up for Israel's story, how they were given the gift of the promised land and were able to stay there on one condition, that they be faithful to the terms of their covenant relationship with God. And they didn't, and they were sent into exile. And if you still don't see the parallel between exile from the garden and exile from Israel, think about this. In Genesis, humanity's exile led up to the story about the building of what city? Oh yeah, Babylon. The same place the Israelites are sent. But that's not the end of either story. In the first Babylon, God called Abraham to leave and travel to the promised land. And that story was designed to give hope to the Israelites currently living in the later Babylon. Now, eventually, they do get to leave and travel back to their promised homeland. And when they did, it wasn't home sweet home. Oppressive empires were still ruling over them, and the people kept acting in the same corrupt ways as their ancestors. And so the biblical prophets said that exile wasn't actually over. How could they think they were still in exile when they're at home? Yeah, this is really important. In the Hebrew scriptures, Israel's Babylonian exile became an image of something more universal. It's that feeling of alienation and longing for something more, no matter where you live. Yeah, I I can relate to this. I have a great home, but it's situated in a world scarred with pain and broken relationships, death, tragedy, done by others, but also done by me. And so in the Bible, exile is the human condition. We all keep repeating this pattern of human corruption leading to a Babylon that we can't escape. And it doesn't matter where you live, we are all longing for a better home. Now Israel's scriptures held out hope that one day God would send a king who would rescue the world from all of the Babylons we've created. And after many generations pass, we meet this Israelite named Jesus of Nazareth. He wandered about with no home, announcing the great restoration, that reality of home that Israel and all humanity has been looking for. Yeah, Jesus really cared about people who didn't have homes. He welcomed in the stranger. He said God's love is shown when you invite in the outcast and throw parties for people who don't have a place to belong. Jesus also claimed that Israel and all humanity had lost its way that our self-centeredness drives us to create false homes based on status and power, and these inevitably exclude others. We live in an exile of our own making. But Jesus said the true way home is one of weakness, of service, and of forgiveness. And then Jesus went into exile alongside us to show us the true way home. Which is? Well, Jesus said he is the way. His life and self-giving love proved more powerful than humanity's failure. He opened up a pathway to our real home. 
And as Jesus' followers committed themselves to him, they discovered this new way of being human. They believed that the real return from exile had begun. And so they would call themselves sojourners or wanderers. Oh, right. They would say things like, the world isn't our home and we're citizens of heaven. And so Jesus' followers remain exiles as they wait for that day when Jesus returns to transform this world into a true home. I wonder what we're expecting. I wonder if in life we're expecting the wrong thing. When we get back to church, we'll be home. When they find a vaccine, we'll be home. When the economy gets fixed, we'll be home. I wrote a few lists down of things. When the borders are open, we'll be able to go home. When that relationship gets fixed, when my kids turn back to God, I'll be able to go home. When my personal financial situation improves, then I'll be home. And what this message of the scriptures tells us is that our home is not anchored in any of the circumstances we may find ourselves in. Our home is anchored in the fact that we belong to a person regardless of what happens in the world around us. And I think sometimes we set ourselves up with unrealistic expectations and as a result of that, we continually feel let down. We continually feel like, oh, I thought this was going to be okay. I thought if I could just get to that point, everything would be great. And we get there and find that everything's not great. If I could just get enough money, if I could just get that job, if I could just get that spouse, if, if I could just pastor that church, if I could just, whatever it might be, and none of those things ultimately meet that ache inside of us. But we instinctively keep looking for it. That ache is there because this world is not our home. It's not supposed to be our home. Our job, as you saw there, our job is to make this world look like home. It's not about us relying on circumstances around us to feel like we're at home. Our job is to bring heaven home to other people's lives. I love what this church is doing in COVID to bring the heaven home into the lives of our community. And that is, as Pastor Terry was saying, that is just continuing to grow. During COVID, we're in the process of setting up a tax-deductible charity that will launch next year. So we'll be able to encourage businesses to contribute and get tax deductions so we can continue to bring the community, the home of heaven, to the home around us. So we need to, quite frankly, we need to quit worrying about whether we feel like at home, we're at home and let's just be comfortable with being sojourners in this world and let's bring heaven to other people. Let's make other people feel like they're at home. And I want to show you a scripture, a simple little scripture that has come to me during, I think I may have even preached this somewhere along the line in the months on online church. This scripture that uh, Dr. N.T. Wright uh, pulled out of one of his books that he wrote. He wrote about three books during the, during the whole pandemic. I don't know how he does it, but he's a prolific writer. And he wrote a book called, uh, he wrote a book called the God and the Pandemic. And he released it in April. I don't know how he wrote a book and released it in April called God and the Pandemic, but he did it. And he pulled this scripture out, which we're going to read a few verses out of Acts chapter 11, this remarkable three verses. And I just want to read these to you and then just think about it for a moment. During this time, some prophets traveled from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up in one of the meetings and predicted by the Spirit that a great famine was coming upon the entire Roman world. This was fulfilled during the reign of Claudius. So the believers in Antioch decided to send relief 
to the brothers and sisters in Judea, everyone giving as much as they could. This they did, entrusting their gifts to Barnabas and Saul to take to the elders in Jerusalem. This little story that gives us an insight into the heart of what a Christian church should be about. We could put it in the 21st century and say, someone stood up and we find ourselves in the middle of a pandemic. And instead of doing what so many Christians have done is trying to argue it away and say, this is God's judgment and this is what's happening and this is and filling our world with conspiracy theories, in Antioch, they didn't do any of that. They hear that there's a famine coming. They don't start to judge why. They don't start to worry about what might have caused it and was it the sin and was it this. They have two questions. Who needs help and what can we do about it? Who needs help and what can we do about it? They took their eyes off trying to feel like, because these guys participated in this famine. They weren't excluded from the hardship and they didn't spend all their time worrying about why they were in hardship. Oh, I just need to get out of this famine and then I'll be able to do something to help other people. They said, who else is worse off than we are and what can we do about it? How can we help other people? I love that. I want us to think about that as we get ready to sing a song. I'll get the band to come back on stage now. I want us to think about that in these last few minutes. What were you expecting? What were you expecting today? It's great and wonderful to gather. It's great to see faces that we haven't seen before. It's great to know that we've got a whole community of people watching. I jumped on Facebook and I saw about six views at one point there. There were six people watching online at home. That probably equates to more than six people. So we've got the church is growing, right? I don't even know how many is on YouTube. There'll be people watching on YouTube as well. It's great that we're doing this, but let's make sure that our expectations are anchored around Jesus. Who else in our world needs to feel like their home? And if I have to put myself out from my comfort and feeling like I'm at home in order to support and love those who might feel less at home than I do, I'm up for that. Because my hope My trust, my security is not anchored in what's happening in my world. My security is not anchored in whether this COVID pandemic ends or keeps going. My security is not anchored in whether or not I'll ever be able to travel overseas again. My security is not anchored in whether or not I have money to live by or not. We've been sitting through some board meetings discussing church finances and looking at that and the results of COVID and church and What does that mean? Whether we have jobs. (laughs) My security is not anchored in that because my security is anchored in Jesus and who he is and what he's done for me. That is what I'm expecting. That regardless of what happens around me, I'm expecting that I worship a, a God who loved me so much that he gave up his life for me so that I could return from exile. You see, true exile is not exile that's caused by COVID or being isolated at home or or anything like that. True exile is exile of a human heart from a God who loves us because of our sin and our selfishness. Jesus loved you and I so much that he returned, he he left heaven, he came to earth, he lived on this earth to show us the Father's love and then to die in our place so that we could experience his love. I wonder if you could just stand... For a moment. I want to lead us in a simple prayer. Then we're going to sing this. Well, we're not. They are. We're going to sing a song. I did the same thing, Pastor Ivana. I got on stage at Thoreau on that second or third Sunday. I said, let's all sing this song. And then walked off and started singing it and realized that 
None of us. I really just led the entire, the entire church into sin there, didn't I? Uh, we'll just, what we'll do is they will sing us this song in a moment, and then I'm going to pray before we close. Uh, I'm going to pray for people around our expectations. But right now, I wonder if you could just close your eyes, church. I want to ask you this simple question right now. Is your hope centered in the world being a better place? Is your happiness and your peace and your joy centered in when life returns to normal? When those problems go away, then I'll be happy, then I'll be fulfilled, then I'll find meaning, then I'll find purpose. Because, my friend, I need you to know, with all my heart, you will never find fulfillment in that. Because lo and behold, things might go well for a while, but sooner or later, something else will happen. We don't know. It might be another pandemic. It could be anything. We don't know. But the good news today is that your hope can be centered in something much, much more secure than the world around you. The book of Hebrews says we have this hope as an anchor. And that anchor is anchored behind the veil in heaven, which is to say that God is holding the other end of that anchor. And although this world may continue to find us drifting around and being thrown from pillar to post like a a, a ship at sea in the storm, because our hope is anchored and God is holding it, it actually doesn't matter what happens down here because sooner or later we're going to be pulled up to there. Our hope is anchored in heaven. And maybe you don't feel that hope today. Maybe you don't know what it's like to have that hope. Maybe COVID has taken you completely off course and you need to recorrect. I want to pray for you and invite you in just a moment. I'm going to ask you to do something. If you're in the room, everyone's got their eyes closed. If you're watching at home, I want you to let us know in the comment. I would love you just to commit your life to Jesus. Because my friend, he loves you, he cares for you, and he has a hope, he has a plan for your life that is so much greater than your circumstances in the world around you. And if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, you've never had a relationship with him before, today is your day. What better day than the first day we recommence Sunday services here at C3 Picton? Today is your day. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I'll see you, then you can put it back down again. Or maybe you've been away from God and you need to come back to him today. You can raise your hand too. So while everyone has their eyes closed, is there anybody in the room, anybody at home that would say, that's me, Rowan. I want to recommit. I want to commit my life to Jesus. If that's you, just raise your hand up. You don't have to understand it all right now. You just need to know that there's a tugging in your heart that says, I want to have a relationship with God. I want to have hope that transcends my problems. If that's you, just raise your hand up right now, wherever you are. If you're at home, let us know in the comment. Let us know. I'm raising my hand, and we're, one of our team would love to follow you up, help you in that journey. Church, let's all pray this prayer together. Pray these words after me. Lord Jesus, I'm praying to you now because I know I need you in my life. I know my sin separates me from you. So I repent of my sin and turn to you. I ask you to come into my life. Reveal yourself to me. I want to follow you from this day forward. I want to trust in you, Jesus. I want to live as a Christian. Amen. Amen. 
for listening today. For more episodes and information, please visit our website at c3wc.com forward slash Wallandilly or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash c3wallandilly.